Hey wild ones and welcome back to Frogs Gone Wild. I'm sorry that it's been such a long time since we've made one of these, but we are excited to get back in the swing of things and create more episodes for you guys. It's just been super busy over here in Fort Worth for during our last semester of college. But we are more than excited to kind of jump back in, like Dotsie was saying, and you know, this is our first real podcast of the semester. We did one earlier this year around New Year's, but um, kind of going back into the start of the semester, we wanted to take a look back at one of our first episodes all about rhinos because there has been two really big, um, I guess, updates in the rhino world. And so we kind of want to combine those into today's episode. So Dotsie, when you get us started? Yes. So I think yesterday there was a release um, of the update for the 2023, how many um, rhinos were lost due to poaching in South Africa alone. So we found that nearly 499 rhinos were killed um, last year due to poaching, which is a 10, 10% increase compared to 2022, which is just heartbreaking because as soon as you think you're getting, we're getting better about it, you see the numbers and it's just not true. And it's so sad because these animals are absolutely incredible and this is the last thing they deserve so dr joe shaw the ceo of save the rhino international um part of his quote says rangers are working tirelessly to protect rhinos on the ground but to make the necessary impact the upper echelons of crime networks must be disrupted and this requires a coordinated multi-agency response all partners involved urgently need more resources to address the threats at this level. So this kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the first podcast when we talk about how this is an organized crime that is funded and headed by these, you know, head honcho people. And this is kind of what he's talking about. You know, there's only so much that can be done on ground, but, you know, these are wild animals. There's a reason that they're not living in captivity and they can, they're free to roam and do whatever. And so it's, nearly impossible to always have eyes on them because then they're not actually being themselves and we need to start attacking the problem um more at the root than at where you know when it's too late and the poaching has already happened um i think that that was something that was super hard for me to put into perspective until um our most recent trip to africa and because you kind of think when you're over here in the states you're just like why don't they just watch them more closely, like use more technology. But once you get there and you really get to like view the size of the land mm-hmm. and how many trees there are, like it's nearly impossible. Yeah, to... I mean they're also made to camouflage. Yes, exactly. And the, these people who do it, it just fascinates me because they will stay in the bush for like nights at a time. Yeah. Um. They they'll stay at lodges for a few weeks in it before they end up poaching the rhino and it's typically done um closer to full moons to yeah. increase light um so they don't have to use unnatural light and give themselves away but yeah it's just awful and i just pray that we can get enough money donated to some of these corporations to make sure this number in 2024 decreases by much more than what we've seen because this is 499 rhinos just in South Africa alone is heartbreaking because just even the size of these animals and thinking about that amount of them is like 
gut-wrenching. Like, it really, it genuinely makes me sick to my stomach. And when you think about the, you know, size of those animals compared to the size of their horns. Yeah. Once again, it's just, which sounds like weird when I put it this way, but so much animal that's being wasted, you know? Like, it's yeah. not like... Exactly. Um, I don't know, like, people are eating the rhinos or they're they're providing some other purpose. You know, they're literally just being left for dead. Yeah, and for no reason. Like, these horns do nothing to benefit humans yeah. whatsoever except to give them money for a useless thing that you could literally just use by collecting your fingernails over time. And I think the most annoying part about it, I've said it in previous episodes, is the fact that these horns do grow back. There's a growth plate. And so if the poachers were to do it in a more, like, smart way, then the animal would survive, and it would honestly be smarter for their business. Like, I hate to say that, but... Yeah, no, I mean, it would make it long-lasting. I mean, the next story we get into is is really highlighting that. You know, it gets to a point where there won't be any left, and I know people look at that through, like, an economy perspective and look at it, like, supply and demand, and, you know, with more with the less like popular populace of rhinos, it makes the horns more, I guess, desirable. But I mean, I don't know. I just, I once like Dotsies, I can't really wrap my, my brain around it. And another kind of quote from Dr. Shaw, that CEO of um, Save the Rhino International, you know, said this, there isn't an overnight solution, but with a rhino poached every 17 hours in South Africa, we can't afford to lose any more time. Because, you know, 499 in 365 days, that's averaging, you know, more than one a day. Yeah. So I think that just, that really just makes me think, you know, every day I go throughout my life. And I'm like, wow, when you really think about day to day. Yeah. Oh my God, I've never really thought about it like that. And also like thinking about the number of these rhinos that were probably pregnant and yeah. could have given birth to more life, but weren't able to because of people is just awful to me. But um, going from going on to the next topic, we wanted to discuss the Rhino IVF, which has made a lot of headlines, which it really makes has. me really, really happy because I've seen it on, like my friends have sent it to me on like Instagram being like, oh, this is so cool. Like I'm really happy that it's reaching a larger group rather than just people who are into conservation because I feel like it is something that everyone should be aware of. Um, but so, if you're not aware of what's going on, there are only two northern white rhinos left in the world, and they are both females. Their names are Mason, do you want to, I don't know if we're botching this. But. Um, my guess would be Najin and Fatu. Yes, and Najin is 32 years old, and Fatu is 24, and due to their age, neither of them are able to carry babies or um, withhold or carry pregnancy. So... The difference between southern white rhinos and northern white rhinos um, are that southern white rhinos are a little larger and hairier, but they're both subspecies of the white rhino, which are a lot of what we saw, Mm -hmm. um, the southern white rhino, when we were working with in South Africa. They also differ slightly in shape in their teeth, um, their shape of their teeth and their heads and appearance of skin folds. Um, But basically... What scientists have been trying to do is impregnate a southern white rhino mm-hmm. with the embryo of um, the two, one of the two remaining, I think it's Fatu's 
um, embryo. Yeah, Najin, like, they kind of retired her as an egg donor about, I want to say, it was a year ago, roughly, um, within the last, like, two or three years, she kind of got retired as a donor because she's reaching the age of just being too old, um, and Najin is Fatu's mom, so that's kind of interesting. I never really thought, like, the last two would be a mom and daughter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but... yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, so Fatu is the only one producing eggs, but it's with Fatu's egg and they've, um, preserved some semen from previously deceased Northern white rhino males that have been frozen that they're using to, um, fertilize her eggs. And then through IVF, um, are putting into the surrogate mother um which is a southern white rhino yes and so the first a successful attempt um unfortunately ended in the death of the it was an accidental death of the female that the embryo was placed in but it took 13 times to sustain pregnancy and there are only 30 northern white rhino embryos left so this is just a race against the clock um because we need both of these females Najin and Fatu to be alive if this is successful ever. Um, yeah, because they need they need them to be raising the northern white rhino calf that's going to hopefully be born from all of this. And, you know, they need to teach. Animals learn through, you know, nature. Like, they need the older white rhinos to be teaching them the lifestyle of a northern white rhino. And what separates them from the Southern and their lifestyle, and, you know, how to live, how to survive and all of that. And so ideally, not only do we need to keep them alive for those eggs, but also to, you know, really teach and share the lifestyle of how to be a Northern white rhino. Yes. And to hopefully, like Mason said, pass on the family narrative, I guess, and keep <laughs> the species going. Um, another thing that is just nerve wracking to hear is that the gestation period for white rhinos can be from 16 to 18 months. And like I said, this is a race against time. So we just hope that these, um, well, considering we already had a successful pregnancy and the embryo was fertilized inside of a Southern white rhino, that's a good sign. But we just need to keep in mind that this needs to happen quick because, you never know what could happen. These Najin and Fatu are um, looked over, looked after 24 hours of the day, um, which is awesome, but it's also kind of just not the ideal way of life for these animals. Like, I wish that they were able to roam freely, but unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. Yeah, they, they currently reside at the once again, I might be saying this wrong, um, Ol' Pajeta Conservancy, um, and they have, like Dalti said, 24-hour um, surveillance that's armed. So they have um, guards and um, keepers with them that have guns and are, you know, literally living amongst the rhinos. Um, they have, the rhinos, you know, actually have recognized and know some of their more um, frequent guards and have kind of accepted them as you know a friend which is a really 
cute and inspiring story, but once again, this isn't wild. And so it makes me wonder, you know, they need the these rhinos to teach this young calf the way of the life of the northern white rhino, but their lives have drastically changed since being out in the wild and they're now in a seventy or seven hundred acre field that's fenced and can't really go anywhere else and are also used to walking amongst humans and you know living with humans and how is that going to I guess progress into the next generation if we're lucky enough to get this next generation and the way that they'll grow up because you know ultimately humans are the problem and so you don't want them to be overly comfortable with humans if we're able to get this next generation going. Yeah, and it's also a good thing, too, because in this specific case, like, humans are also the solution, um, which is really special, and, I mean, we owe it to them. This is the least we can do, considering all the damage we've done. But, basically, if this is not successful, then the this, spe- this specific subspecies of rhino will be extinct, which is crazy, Um because people can go and see them and they're kind of like put on display as if they're like something to remember right now. But it's like we need to stand in the fight against like this and figure out how to keep this species alive because they're truly remarkable. I personally have never seen them, but mm-hmm. I do know people who have. Nahina and Fatu. Mm-hmm. Um, but base a little bit more into detail of the process of in vitro fertilization and this geez specifically this case (laughs) um so there was a the surrogate mother is from kenya and she was at the same conservancy i believe and this was in september of 2023 so a few months ago her name was cura um so they implanted the embryos using a teaser bowl And this was just to stimulate typical mating behaviors. And like I said, it took 13 attempts to sustain this pregnancy. And how how deep in there is Dotsie? Yeah, so this is very difficult to do because um, this is a huge animal. And the reproductive systems are six feet inside (laughs) of the animal. Like, which is insane. And you can't, like, you don't, they don't, like, put them to sleep, I don't think. Like, I don't know if I, I don't right? know. I mean, I would hope not. I mean, there's they're they're trying to recreate natural mating, you know. Yeah. So I guess they they must be awake. Yeah, wow. I think they are. So um, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. taller. That's taller than me. <laughs> Way taller than me. Um, but so unfortunately, these Kira, Kira and her teaser bull were both found dead a month later in November. Um, it is believed that they became sick due to a severe bacterial infection following um, extremely heavy wet rains, which flooded the surrogate enclosure, which, I mean, it's awful, but at least it wasn't something from, like, the IVF, you know? Right, right. So, like, I think that that just goes to show, like, this could actually work. Um, At the time, Kira was pregnant with a 70-day-old male fetus, um, and tissue was taken from the fetus that confirmed the pregnancy was a result of the embryo transfer. So it had white rhino or northern white rhino DNA, which is so cool. So cool. I can't believe we can do that. I know. It is crazy. And I just like really, really hope that we, not me personally, but that these people, God bless them, that they can figure this out. Yeah. Big shout out to BioRescue. That's who's doing this and been working on all the science of it that, 
my brain doesn't understand and probably won't ever, but um, Biorescue is kind of the people behind all of this, and so they definitely deserve a big kudos. They slay. <laughs> they do slay. Um, so I got more information on the six feet inside. So oh, yeah, keep going. This is a quote from, who is it? Someone. Oh, Suzanne Holtz. She says, it is very challenging in such a big animal in terms of placing an embryo inside their reproductive tract, which is almost two meters inside the animal, meaning um, six feet in U.S. terms, um, which is just, I guess that's not much more information, but that's just crazy to me that that's that, that, that animal is that big. I know. Like, I always forget how big they are, even though, like, we've touched and hugged them. I know. I still forget how massive they actually are. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I wish that I could hug one right now. I know. Me too. Or just be like, get pregnant. You can do it. I know. Well, basically, we just kind of wanted to update you guys on the situation because I'm sure you've heard about it in the news or seen on social media. And we kind of wanted to share some things you can do to get involved, including something happening on Here our very at own TCU. campus. Mason, you want to go into it? Yes. Um, so there is the Rhino Run, um, which is March 24th, and TCU's um, Rhino Initiative Club, which is now transforming into actually Frogs for Wildlife. Yeah. Um, I kind of think that we might have inspired that name. Um, Just kidding. <laughs> but it's exciting because they're, you know, trans, like, kind of opening up their um, efforts and fundraising and everything to more than just rhinos, which is very important, but, you know, not taking away from any of the current work that's being done with the rhinos, um, especially because, as you've heard from this podcast, they are still critically endangered, but... Um, there is going to be a 5K and a, was it a 1K and a 5K? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you can come out, you can run it, you can walk it, um, you can help volunteer. Um, we you get will, a really cool T-shirt too. Really cool T-shirt, comfort colors. I'm pretty sure, maybe not, but it's really it's really it's really cute. Um, cute graphic. We'll be posting about it on our Instagram. If you're not in the Fort Worth community, you can always donate um, just to the run to help with setting up and making everything run smoothly. There's prizes. Um, there's little glass rhino statues. Um, I was really jealous because one of my friends won it two years ago, and he had a glass rhino statue in his room, and I always thought about stealing it, but he was the one that won the race, so I felt I felt like I didn't deserve it. Um, but yeah, it's a really great cause. It's fun to kind of see... Um, TCU kind of joined with the Fort Worth community and run for such a great cause, you know, as we're literally racing against time, which I think is, um, kind of a fun, a fun pun, you might say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we'll post more about it on our Instagram. We're also are planning on setting up a new donation to Save the Rhino International, which is who, um, gave us the information on, 2023's track record of rhino poaching. Yeah, they they kind of have an article that goes into more depth about it, posted on Instagram, but it um, came originally from the South African Department of Forestry, Fish, Fisheries, and Environment. Um, but they kind of do a great job of summarizing the report 
and giving quotes and um, posting a lot of just, they have a lot of cool information. They do a bunch of news updates and, you know, obviously donations are um, trusted with this organization. Yes, and then going back to Najin and Fatu, you can also donate directly to Old Pajita Conservancy, which is where, again, where they are inhibiting living thriving hopefully and praying that there will be another one to join them in the upcoming months mm-hmm. or i guess in the in a year and a half yeah i was about to say <laughs> they are they, they take a long time they take to a brew. long time to cook yeah <laughs> so true well if you guys have any um episode requests or anything we you want us to talk about do not be afraid to reach out to us. We love doing this, and we are going to try to be better about being more proactive with episodes. Yes, we are. But I think this this episode's a hard one to end because you know we have the sad statistics from South Africa's poaching numbers, but we have the positive. You know, a lot of people internationally, a lot of different countries are getting involved in the IVF and helping. You know, give all of their knowledge and. All of, all of their best minds towards this. So, you know, it's an optimistic part to a sad problem going yeah. on in our world. So, Well, let's end it by saying donate to make this number for 2024 significantly less than 499. Yes. And let's have, let's manifest a manifest baby pregnancy. northern white rhino. Yeah, everyone take a moment to manifest. Yeah. Manifesting. Manifest. Okay, guys. We'll <laughs> see you next time. Stay wild out there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>